0: Ticket City presents Why You Go to the Game to See Mizzou.
1: It was a Missouri game against Nebraska at Fro Field. Mizzou came out and hung right with the Huskers. Uh, the Huskers were ranked number one at the time. Nebraska had to score a touchdown on the final play to send the game in overtime. I remember Scott
0: Frost threw the ball into the end zone. The ball flew through the air, and then someone dove for it. Nobody knew quite what happened. Fans started running onto the field. They were jumping on the goalposts because we all thought Mizzou won. But Nebraska had actually scored. They called it the Flea Kicker. It's one of the most famous
1: plays now in college football history. Even though Mizzou lost that game, it made me a fan of the Tigers forever.
0: Put yourself in the action with Ticket City. Visit ColumbiaTribune.com slash sports and click tickets. Mizzou Sports Podcast, presented by the Columbia Daily Tribune.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. I'm Daniel Jones with Cameron T. Grobenson on, today is Wednesday, Wednesday, January 9th. One day after a rough night for the Missouri basketball team, and uh, nine days after the last football game of the season. It's our first podcast since New Year's. So, Happy New Year. Happy Happy 2019. And the first podcast since Missouri's football season ended at the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. There's been some other things going on. The women's basketball team had a huge win this weekend over Tennessee, a ranked team. Uh, And of course, as is the case with most of the things that happen with the women's basketball team, when they're in the news, they're often generating controversy, so uh, there's a lot to touch on there, and I'm excited to talk to you about that today, Cameron, and uh, yeah, they also uh, Cameron Meisner, a Mizzou baseball player named second team All-American yesterday, it's a fourth year in a row Missouri's had a baseball player named a preseason All-American, along with TJ Sykema and Tanner Houck, who did it. In the years previous. So a lot of things cooking for for Mizzou athletics. And in addition to that, we'll do one more note before we get more into basketball and football. Uh, Mizzou gymnastics. We had a story in the paper today about Mizzou gymnastics, which started their season on January 4th with a quad meet in arizona state they won the meet so they beat two ranked teams there to open up the season and their uh first sec meet is coming up on friday at florida which is the number three team in the country so uh anyway that's your primer on what's going on for mizzou athletics starting out in 2019 but cam real quick let's start uh, today, with the Liberty Bowl, and you were there. I was there. Uh, our editor, Garrett Codge, was there, and our photographer, Hunter Dyke, was there. A lot of things to talk about from that game, but one thing that stands out the last play that Missouri ran in the game, fourth down, uh, Drew Locke comes up two feet short. This sure. Is this the last play as a Missouri Tiger? Um, does, I mean, that stings. play, what what?
0: That's a bad ending to a season, right?
1: To a career, to a, end, to a career. Yeah. Does that? It doesn't change opinion on Drew of his career no, or anything. I don't think so. But but just for Drew Lock to end his career in that way,
0: yeah. I think it. it sums is it appropriate? Up his career. Is, it, is
1: it fair? Like, is that
0: you know? Is, know.
1: It, I, is it? Do you think it's fair for him that just, in that way?
0: I think it sums up his career. Like he's been really good a lot of the time most of the time but there's times where he and the Mizzou team would just come up short I mean although I don't think that's a great play call I don't think just having him run to on a PA with no, no there was no kind of passing option like I feel like if you're going to do that you should give him some kind of RPO read where he can dump it up I was
1: surprised something. that they
0: that ran that was, a read option without any option to yeah, pass yeah there was no option to pass um, so that that was that was weird but I don't think it changes what Drew has been to this program um, I think Drew Really, in the whole senior class, it just really kind of turned this program around a little bit. Um, and I just think it's, it's a tough ending for him, but again, similar to the season with Mizzou, it was just they were good enough to be in the game, good enough to come back, good enough to be in a position to to pick up a really big win. They just couldn't get it done.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I didn't ask that question in the best way, because I don't think it has any bearing on his career yeah, as a yeah. Missouri Tiger, but just that being the last... Thing that we ever saw from July. Oh,
0: you, think, you think is that the thing people are going to remember the most? Maybe that's
1: a better way to put yeah. it. Is I that, so. that going to be the enduring memory? I, I, as I think if it was like that. a
0: semi final game, maybe, but like and this, maybe this is just my opinion. I think bowl games are pretty much worthless. They don't do anything. You don't really get anything for winning it. Like, you don't get, like, it's not a big, it's a big deal, sure, but like, it's not a huge deal if you win it. Again, it's not a huge deal if you lose it. Like it's not like it's a conference game or a conference championship game. I think the only bowl games that matter are New Year's Six bowls, semifinal, national championship game. Um, so I don't think it's a huge deal. I think it would have been nice to get that win and top his end his career off with that. But and to do it on a game winning drive like that, that'd have been nice. But I don't know. I don't think it's something many people. I don't think if you think about everything Drew's done well or poorly over his career, I don't think that's going to be the thing. That goes ah man, I remember Drew Locke screwing up that that. Like, in the Liberty Bowl against Oklahoma State, I don't think people are going to think about that.
1: Right. I think one thing that did happen at the end of Drew's career, which is kind of, which is I think interesting, and we talked about it on an earlier podcast when we were talking about Kelly Bryant. But just his his Missouri career has always been overshadowed in some ways. When he first started out as a freshman, I mean, he had a ton of promise, but that freshman year, um, he was despite all the talent that he came in with, and he had an amazing uh, fall camp as a freshman. I remember yeah. talking to people that were there that saw him play and were, and it was like we've never seen a freshman with this sort of uh, impact right away. So he had that amazing fall camp and made an amazing impression. And then um, you had all this hype about him, and, and he came in and, and played as a freshman behind Matty Mock. Uh, and then the rest of that season, he was really put in a position where he – just was not uh, quite ready to play as a freshman. I mean, it was not yeah. a position for him to succeed in the end of the year. Uh, you had the the, the boycott and, and the protests at, at the university. So that kind of cast a pall on on the beginning of his career. Uh, the sophomore season, the first year for Barry Odom, uh, the, the offense actually looked a lot better, but the defense was poor. Mm-hmm. And so I think that kind of really set Missouri back as a program was their defense just wasn't in a place to make the team successful right, right. uh and then his junior and senior year I mean he had the one win against Florida but I think a lot of times uh he was uh, maybe undervalued or or criticized for not winning the big game and that's kind of what people will I remember will will say yeah. was that he didn't do that and so that Despite all of his success, I mean he's he leaves Mizzou. I think, regardless of what metric you're looking at, as the second most successful quarterback to ever play yeah. at Missouri, right. behind Chase, Chase Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. And uh, I think that in a lot of ways, you know, maybe he he hasn't gotten that uh, recognition, or, or people don't think about it in that way. But that I mean, if you if you look at it in pretty much any you know metric you want to go want to go. I mean, statistically, uh, yeah, his win-loss record wasn't wasn't as good, but a lot of that, I think, his freshman and sophomore year wasn't necessarily on him. Uh, but I, I think it's an interesting dynamic that, that that's kind of the image uh, of Drew Locke that's been curated over four years, and, and for his last play to be that uh, is a tough way for a career
0: to end. Yeah, no, I agree. But again, I it's, it's just... I can... I just question the play call. I mean, I get it's a read option and you're, you're, you're reading it to Larry, which again, Larry was incredible. I would have just handed the ball off to Larry and let him go to just, I don't know. I, I can't find fault for Drew there because I think Drew did it literally about everything he could to try to get that person down, considering there were six people staring at him like you're really about to run this ball at us. Uh, it just, it <laughs> and
1: did, a uh, cornerback chasing him down. Yeah, chasing I think. Him down from
0: behind. Yeah. I just, it just seemed like a weird play call with the game in the line and right there on the end zone. Like, I mean, whatever. I mean, you can look back at it all you want, but, yeah. And I don't, I don't think that's what Drew gets, remi- remi- like, remembered for.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't really have much to add about the Liberty Bulls since yeah, it was no. uh, over a week ago. Yeah. Obviously, a great day for Jonathan Johnson. Larry Roundtree looked really good. Uh, the Missouri defense did not. They look like the Missouri defense from week uh, three yeah. and week four um, instead of the one that we saw oh. in weeks nine, 10, 11, and 12. Yeah. but. Um, Uh, Yeah, Oklahoma State's really good. That six and six record that they had going into the game was deceiving. Yeah, they they, they they lost some pretty good teams. They were not uh, a six and six team. Yeah, Uh, they they were a much better team that had some off games during the regular season, and they had the talent to back that up. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So on to the next, and uh, I don't know. Watching that game last night with Clemson and Alabama kind of reaffirmed in my mind that uh, all right, that was Two 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 nights ago missing a night. Two nights ago, Clemson and Alabama reaffirmed in my mind that the upper echelon of college football is so, yeah. so high. Yeah. It's it's in another atmosphere. Yeah. Um, those two teams are so talented and have so much going for them that so many programs in America do not yeah. have going There's for them. There's two
0: programs in the country and it's Clemson and Alabama. Everybody else is chasing. They're yeah, far behind.
1: I think the only other program that's even in the same universe or stratosphere or whatever would be Georgia, yeah. who got run off the field Dumped, in the Sugar Bowl yeah. by Texas yeah. uh, and will have a lot of talent leaving. They will have, obviously, incredible – they've recruited so well over the last three years that uh, the guys that are going to be coming in for Georgia will all be one, five, people that were five-star
0: recruits yeah. in high school. But hey, There's a problem. Here's a problem with that, though. Georgia does Georgia does that. And that's cool. Like, yeah, you're putting five star guys back on the field. Clemson, and Alabama are doing the same. Thing. They they are bringing five star guys and back. they're not bringing, but just five star guys. They're bringing like top twenty, fifty guys. Like the
1: guy the, that Clemson offense is all coming back. Yeah, that's, I mean, I mean, it's
0: un- unbelievable. Yeah, what do you do? Like, there's nobody in the ACC that can stop them next year. It's yeah. I my Trevor prediction Lawrence, is it'll be uh, it'll be Alabama, Clemson once again, and Trevor Lawrence will probably be a Heisman candidate next year.
1: I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no doubt. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, I think uh, will have a very Tua season yes. next year, yeah. and and not in terms of necessarily on no. the field, yeah. but the hype. Tua, Tua the every pass he threw last year was like under the microscope. Yeah, yeah. I think that'll be the yeah. case for Trevor Lawrence next season. I agree. Moving on, uh, let's uh, let's briefly wrap up what happened with the men's basketball team last night because I want to. I want to finish with the women's basketball team because I think that makes for a better discussion at the end. Um, men's basketball team last night lost 87-63. At one point in the first half, they
0: were leading by nine points. Yeah. that Literally everyone on press I was like in shock. Just, <laughs> we were looking at each other like, what in the world? And then you start thinking, are they going to actually do this? No, it was pretty crazy, to be honest with you.
1: After that, Mizzou went up nine in the first half. The next 20... Uh, Of the next 24 points were scored by Tennessee. Tennessee ended that half after going down nine on a 20-4 to run and led at halftime 42-31. And then in the second half, they outscored Missouri
0: 45-32. I don't think anybody was interested in the second half. I didn't pay much attention. I certainly wasn't. But it didn't seem like anyone either at Mizzou Arena, on the floor, on the benches. It just didn't seem like anybody was really interested other the, the arena was uh, pretty, pretty lively it was, in the first it was, half yeah. when Mizzou went up. Especially for the students to be all at, at home still on vacation. And Missouri,
1: as a team... Uh, yeah, they were getting after loose balls. Jordan Geist, I mean, yeah. was was making plays. Yeah. He was uh, dishing out assists and hitting yeah. threes.
0: Uh, Kevin Perrier hit a three yeah. earlier in it's the game. He was playing well. I, the one, the one thing was Jeremiah Tillman and Mark Smith were on the bench with foul trouble.
1: Yeah, that killed him. Uh, two, one, of, two one, of the three best players can't sit down. One of the many things that yeah, killed them true. was they also didn't play any defense. was Jer- <laughs> Jeremiah Tillman absolutely could not be in foul trouble yesterday. Yeah.
0: And he played 9 minutes and right. had 5 fouls. Yeah. So, and then and the, this is what I thought was crazy. Let me see this real quick. The Reed Nico came in and played 15 minutes. The
1: Reed Nico? Is that what we're going to call I was him now?
0: Say, oh, it was like a substitution, but we can. He's the, <laughs> the Reed Nico. Reed the uh, uh, Reed Nico. Can you guess actually. how many rebounds he had in 15 minutes? Two. Zero.
1: Not good from your it, center.
0: Yes. That's the problem with Mizzou. And I said on the radio before the game is that if Jeremiah told me get the foul trouble, there's no one else in the paint to do, to do anything. Yeah. Their interior depth is zilch. It Reed is. Reed Nico cannot, you can't be a center. He's 6'10. You can't be a center or play fifty minutes and not get a rebound. Like you, got, like who else had rebounds on this team? I mean, J- Jordan guys had four. Javon Pickett had three. Torrance Watson had one. Xavier Pinson had two. He weighs one hundred and sixty pounds unofficially.
1: <laughs> those are threes that are hitting the back iron and going out to the three point line. Uh, still, those are, those
0: are the rebounds that Xavier Pinson still is getting. he's still getting rebound. Like it's just rebound is a. And I, Robin Pender says this a lot. I and I have always believed this: rebounding is a mindset thing. I'm gonna go get this ball before you get the ball, so my team can keep the ball. One of the best rebounders in the
1: history of basketball is Charles Barkley, yeah. who is the same height as Kevin Perrier.
0: Exactly. It's it's a it's a simple thing. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's simple. I'm not saying I could go out there and do it against Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams and Kyle Alexander and all those guys. But still, like you are a six ten Division One center. And you play 15 minutes and don't get a rebound, that's unbelievably bad. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be better. Yeah. And we're not, people aren't asking Reed Eagle to do that much. But when Jeremiah Tillman's in foul trouble, you have to be a presence down there. And that's that, I think that shows Missouri's biggest flaw right now is that they have no interior depth. Grant Williams, who is probably Tennessee's best player, had a horrible night
1: last night. One of eight. He had uh, from the field, he had four points and one rebound. Yeah, and Tennessee still scored eighty-seven. They had four players in double f- figures. Uh, two of those guys, or one guy, came off the bench. Jordan Bow- Bowden had twenty points on seven to twelve shooting. Their other big man, Admiral Schofield, was six of eleven, had sixteen points. And then he only had three
0: points at halftime.
1: Right. He yeah, was I mean, they shut extremely down those quiet, two. and they were still leading by nine at halftime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, what happened was Missouri came out with a lot of energy. They played hard for the first eight minutes. They got up on one of the best teams in the country, and then one of the
0: best teams in the country uh, flexes muscles and yeah.
1: said, "Now nah, we're we're, we're going to win this game. We're
0: good." Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> it was, and I think and I do. Kanto said that there's to the point where Missouri's was in foul trouble. There were guys who were on the floor that were playing extended minutes in the first half that they usually don't. So there might have been a fatigue factor. I can believe that, but Tennessee's just at some point they were going to make a run. And just flex that, like, listen, man, we're a national championship contender. You're not about to beat us right now. They've won nine straight. They, I mean, they are good. So one thing we
1: were talking about just before the podcast, before we went on air, uh, there are obvious flaws for Missouri. Like you said, rebounding being a big one and interior depth. At the same time, Tennessee is what? Probably the second or third or yeah, best team I, I mean, in the could, country right I, now. You
0: could argue maybe two teams are better than them right now. They're and
1: projected number one seed in the tournament. Yeah, uh, they're a genuine national championship contender. Yeah, as good as Duke has looked this year, uh, Tennessee. I mean, they beat Gonzaga yeah. uh, a Loves couple them. points away from beating KU when they had Asibuke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, like that. that, that team, that Tennessee team. Win the national yeah, championship.
0: I, if, I legitimately was trying to pre- during the preview. I was trying to find like I was thinking every team has weaknesses. What are their weaknesses? Hard to they're I, hard it's to find. Hard to find. They are so deep, so balanced. I mean, if they can score eighty seven points and Grant Williams has four, I mean, if he plays an average game, they put up a hundred. T- Tennessee beat Mizzou
1: by twenty four points. And that was and their half the, as bad as they beat Georgia, Georgia. Yeah. two nights before. Exactly. So that's one thing you can look. So I think, Mizzou, Mizzou looked totally out class last night, yeah. because yeah. they were. Because yeah. Tennessee is one of the best teams in the country. Now, where does that leave Missouri? Somewhere, somewhere in the middle of the SEC. I mean, is that a, so? Is that I? I think what's you got to keep perspective because, right. yeah, you, Mizzou's going to have to play the game of their... Season yeah. the game of their life, and get a bad game from Tennessee to I get anywhere close to winning that do game. Do
0: this to a lot of SEC teams this year. You're going to see this a lot because they're that good.
1: So I don't. Yeah, do you think? It, do you think Mizzou fans should be reading a lot into I that? Don't think so. Into that
0: result. I mean. No, not really. I mean, it's Tennessee. I, like I said, I think they're going to do this to a lot of teams this year. I think the the biggest worry is just this, how poorly they played defensively. Think, in the
1: second half. I yeah, think the, the fact half, that there was not a lot of... There was like no fight. There was not kickback. There no, was not fight. It was like, That's
0: yeah, the worry. That, that run Tennessee had at the end of the first half... Just killed them. Ended the game. Yeah. But I don't. I don't think it's a big worry because it's Tennessee. I don't really. I don't really know many people who really thought Missouri would come in here and win this game. Come to go to Missouri Arena and win that game. But I think you worry more as if this carries over into South Carolina and then Alabama and um, games of that games of those natures. I still think Missouri Missouri is still right in the middle of the pack. I I do so we have that this SEC basketball page we do for Gatehouse Media that they give out to all their all our sister papers and I did power rankings Missouri I had Missouri seventh in the SEC on our power rankings and I didn't move them after the loss I don't think I moved them after the loss Who but, who
1: do you have under Missouri at this point
0: um, Oh Lord and I got pulled up um, I have Arkansas Alabama South Carolina Florida Vanderbilt Georgia um, again but I think you can enter and Texas A and M I'm guessing. Yeah, I think saying it was last. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think you, can, you could argue Arkansas over Missouri, but I still think Missouri's in that 7 8 8 9 range despite the loss. I mean, that's like like you said, that's one of the best teams in the country. And not even just, I mean, they are a legitimate Final Four contender right
1: yep. now. Yep. I think this game against South Carolina is going to be uh, really interesting yeah. because South Carolina was, was not a good team in the non conference.
0: Yeah. They hadn't won consecutive games until this week, and they beat. They won at Florida. It beat Florida and, and in, Mississippi State. Yeah, who had won eight or nine straight.
1: Yeah, that, Mississippi State's a good team this year. Yeah. So that is a team that if you're looking at teams in the SEC, Missouri and South Carolina are kind of fighting for the same turf. Yeah. Those games, I think, they always to me, that is a better representation of where Missouri is at. Yeah, is how do you do games. against your peers? Yeah. And it's the same with football. Yeah. You know, I think with, yeah, Missouri, if they come out and uh, have a clunker against South Carolina. I, Read more into that. Right. I, I think that's more of a, a telling factor of where they are. Well, as even a more so
0: because a week ago, people thought the South Carolina game. I mean, you can almost pencil it, pen, put it in pen, pen as a win. I mean, South Carolina was playing so poorly. Right. They've lost to Stony Brook, uh, Providence, Wofford, yeah. and Wyoming. Yeah. And then turned around to beat Florida and Mississippi State. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I ended up moving. South Carolina was actually last in my power rankings, and I they have jumped up five spots. Yeah. Good. Um, good week for South Carolina. So yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I, th- I think that I think that tells you a little bit more. That and then your home game against Alabama tells you a little bit more about where Missouri is going to be. So I would wait a little bit till you decide. I think even if Missouri splits. It's, I think it's okay to lose at South Carolina. Road, winning road games in the SEC is not easy. Um, but if you split those games and win both of them, I think you feel pretty confident going forward.
1: Okay, we're going to take a quick break uh, and throw it to our sponsors, and then we're going to jump in with a discussion about the women's basketball team uh, coming off their victory at Tennessee. So stick with us, and we'll be right back. The Tribune would like to thank MU Healthcare for sponsoring its coverage of the Liberty Bowl. MU Healthcare is the official healthcare partner of Mizzou Athletics. Visit muhealth.org for more information. The Tribune will provide coverage of the Liberty Bowl from Memphis between December 30th and January 1st. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we'll return you to the podcast. Okay, we're back, and. Uh, Missouri women beat number 10 Tennessee over the weekend, uh, beat them 66 64 and a good game for Sophie Cunningham, who was 6 of 12 and had 20 points. Um, in addition, I thought, uh, Haley Troop was outstanding had her best game as a Tiger 5 of 7 from the floor 4 of 6 from 3 had 16 points off the bench Lauren Aldridge had some big shots she was 3 for 3 from beyond the arc uh, had 12 points And Missouri pulled it out in the fourth quarter. Tennessee had multiple chances to tie the game, and they did not uh, tie or win. They actually had a chance to win the game. They were down one with the ball and less than a minute to go and couldn't score in either possession. Uh, So, a huge win for Mizzou, who had a pretty rough go in the non conference slate. I mean, that was a real, that their non conference schedule was an opportunity to build. A resume resume, to be a top four seed. They didn't do that. That was a failure. They did not do that. They lost to two mid majors. Although I mean, good. They're really good good teams, teams, but not resume building. Exactly. I mean, that's still something that's going to hold you back at the end of the year. That that won't build you though a win over number 10 on the road will do a lot for you. Yeah. So they need more of that as the season goes on. Uh, but then after the game is when things got really interesting. So through as the teams are shaking hands, uh, there was video from a, a reporter in Knoxville that saw Sophie Cunningham trying to shake hands with an assistant coach and the assistant ho- coach blew her off. So Sophie Cunningham had words for that coach.
0: As she always, as I <laughs> as said she would.
1: As anybody who has followed the Missouri women's basketball team would expect. And then uh, after that, uh, Tennessee player had words for Sophie. Um, There were words after the game, a lot of tweets. Uh, Tennessee's former player, Diamond DeShields, who's a star player in the NBA, was a star player, or WNBA, WNBA. and was a star player at Tennessee, uh, tweeted, this is why nobody likes Mizzou. No, she didn't say Mizzou. She said Maz. I was going to say there was a typo. Yeah, or maybe it was just. No, a, I think that's, that's that was perfect. <laughs> maybe that was that intentional. M o z z o u. Asia Wilson got got so, involved. In, yeah. Um, so yeah,
0: so here we have another season. Well, and then there's former, like another former Tennessee player. Um, Michelle Marcin, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Miss Marciniak, I don't know. She played back, I think, believe back in like... The Pat 90s. Summ- yeah, but old days. Pat and she was tweeting Robin saying that this, like that Mizzou's classless and that the apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree. I, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, that that, to me, that's the worst thing because I feel like that's irresponsible. I feel like you're blaming Robin... For something that like you're tell it's it's pretty much like you're saying. Robin is telling these kids to go out there and be uh, cl- class as individuals and be non don't don't respect the team you're playing. I can guarantee you that team in Mizzou has the utmost respect for that program. I, don't, I guarantee you, every program in the country has the utmost respect for Tennessee and what they do, what they are. Right. No, I agree.
1: I don't think it's ever been a lack of respect yeah. for Missouri. I think the Absolutely way that are. they play is. Oh, yeah, we Thank we're you. not going to be uh, afraid of you yeah. when we go there. So, it's that the, the that program has been so interesting to follow yeah. for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, but man, it's just every year uh, it's some something happens and people are upset. Yeah. Uh, I think I Missouri embraces that. Yeah, 100%. there is no doubt yeah. in my mind that. The fact that they're the heel of the SEC, like the team I mean, that everybody hates, m- many occasions they love that. Yeah, they're. I mean,
0: yeah, I Sophie mean, if you Cunningham. Talk to Sophie, she'll go. Everybody hates us anyway.
1: So, Sophie Cunningham said earlier this year, and I, th- Missouri had some poor performances in the non-conference. They did not look like this team. Mm-hmm. They didn't look like the team they were a year ago. That was yeah. getting you know, getting on everybody's nerves. That kind of toes the line of what is or isn't considered dirty. Yeah. Um. They got back to that against Tennessee, and they beat the number ten team yeah. in the country. They—that's they, they, who they are. I, I, I don't they're not built to succeed unless they play yeah. that way.
0: And I think the the thing for Missouri this year has been getting the freshmen to understand that. It's hard to just come in, it's as any freshman and they're playing so many freshmen like Akira Levy, Haley, like their Graceberg, they're playing freshmen. It's hard to come into that arena, I'm sure, and practice and be have Sophie in your face, Amber Smith in your face, Lauren Ardez in your face because that's not how it was in high school. I mean, they were stars in high school, they didn't really have to do much. I'm not saying they're not working hard, but Hard to Sophie and Amber and Lauren is different than hard when you're coming in from high right. High school.
1: Right. And I think it's also a mentality, too. Yeah. I Sophie Cunningham and Amber Smith are not going into any game. With their tail tucked between their legs. Uh, And so to follow that confidence and kind of have it yourself is something that's going to take a while to develop. Um, But as far as this whole controversy goes, I think there's multiple ways you can look at it. It's fair to say that Missouri no longer gets the benefit of the doubt. So Sophie Cunningham was called for an unsportsmanlike foul for an elbow as she was driving to the basket, which I think is fair. Uh, elbow clearly came up in what was probably an unnatural position. And Sophie Cunningham has been involved with enough – plays like that yeah. for her t- you can't really say Well, that was totally incidental yeah. um, now I, uh, Tennessee took it as a slight t- I mean and they said after the game they didn't say after the game that she was dirty in yeah. fact one player was asked if she was dirty and she said no I don't think she's dirty she just plays a, that's just her. she plays Intensive her own play, style yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, one, one player was asked about the intentional foul the girl uh, I can't think of her name the girl who got fouled I can't think of her name um, that, but your girl from Tennessee, yeah, yeah. But yeah, David, she was asked about either. the play, and she said, I wasn't surprised, it's just who because of who it was. And they're not going to call her dirty, but I think people understand just how that's how Sophie is,
1: right? Now, what I think is so you then you have all the blowback, uh, and like you said, the former player, it was Michelle Marciniak Marciniak, yeah. uh. And her the thing that she took umbrage with was there was a clip that ESPN got yeah. in the second half of Lauren Aldridge's or climbing. as, as the end of the first half actually, I think. Where yeah, Lauren Aldridge she had just taken a charge and and turned to the Tennessee bench and clapped kind of in the direction of the bench. Right. Like she was like circling around. And Tennessee coach like the cameras stayed on Tennessee coach Holly Warlick. Who kind of did one of these like, where she put her arms out like, with her? What are you doing? Uh, Yeah, yeah. kind of like eyebrows furrowed. Like wh- you know, what was that? Yeah. Um, that seems to be what this former Tennessee player was so upset about. Yeah, yeah. Something like, and and that's when she said, "Classless, you know, that's, don't clap at a player." Cam and I talked about this before the podcast too. That happens in
0: every men's basketball game and the college and professional Ten level. Ten times a half. And this is what I told you. Like, I mean, the Bragg and Rights game, and I understand that's a rivalry and that's a lot more trash talk. But Trent Frazier, every time he hit a shot, he didn't even need to be in front of Mizzou's bench. He could be on the other side of Mizzou's bench. If it was on their side of the floor, if he hit a shot, he was turning to the bench and clapping and screaming. That guys do it all the time. I mean,. Emma Schofield, when they were beating Mizzou by 20 last night, finished through traffic in the paint, and just got up and just flexed in front of people. It's basketball. Right. I don't, I think, it's just a different – I don't understand why we have this this whole different mindset that girls can't do that as well. I think, I th-
1: I think a lot of the things that the Mizzou women's basketball team does is very commonplace yeah. in the men's exactly. game. And people love they, it in the, the men's way game. The way they play physical, the yeah. way that they embrace kind yeah. of that – what what is a hard nosed mentality and controversial in the women's game is commonplace. Exactly, and men's college and that's basketball. what people
0: love so much in college and men's college basketball. Right,
1: and I think it's become extremely inflammatory. And and I will say this: the Missouri women's basketball team has not done themselves a lot of favors. Right. Last year, a lot of the controversy they generated with South Carolina was of their own doing. And right. Jim Sturt calling out Don Staley right, right, right. that has done a lot to kind of. <laughs> make them the hated entity of SEC women's basketball. That's on them. But a lot of the things they do on the court that get under other teams' skin is, I think, pretty common in men's basketball. And that – as Sophie said it a lot, that – I. I th- her theory, I think, in a lot of ways, is she plays harder than a lot of girls
0: do. Yeah, um, which I would agree with.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's probably true. Yeah. I, she, she and and she, yeah, she toes the line of what's dirty and and what is acceptable yeah. and legal in most circumstances, but. So do a lot of players. Yeah. So, and that, and so that, do a lot of really good basketball players. They yeah. go right up to the line yeah. of what is dirty and what isn't, yeah. or what is acceptable and, and what that isn't, Mizzou and that's what makes them good. And
0: Sophie's lead. If Sophie's, Sophie's doing that stuff, the Mizzou team's got to do that stuff, and that's when they're playing their best, like you said.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also important to note that it's not like Zoot gets away with it a lot. Yeah, Sophie call, Cunningham's one of the leading – she gets – She's in foul trouble almost she every. She's literally game. on the bench every half because right. of foul trouble. She's in foul trouble a lot. She's so Jeremiah it's not like, Tillman for the women's team. <laughs> it's not like Mizzou's doing this and like getting away yeah. with it. I think, the, and they've lost the benefit of the doubt from the officials as well. Right. I think officials go into Missouri games expecting a physical game and they yeah. call it that way. Yeah. So it's not like yeah, oh man, Missouri's getting away with yeah. it. I think maybe they did a little bit at the beginning of last season, but
0: I don't think it's been the case this year. Right. And so
1: you know they're a controversial squad, but. I, I, you
0: know. I, this was, and we mentioned this really quick uh, when we originally started talking about this. I think we were kind of texting about it. Is that I was? We were both kind of surprised to see this, like the uproar from Tennessee. I mean, it's not like let say Tennessee is dirty in any sense of the word or anything. But that's a program that has been great for so so long, um, and to see so many people upset about the way that game went, I just thought I don't know, it was weird. It was just weird.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It seemed to me, and this is what I told you. It seemed to me that uh, program got that way. So, yeah. um, we are going to wrap up here. Yep. Uh, we have other. Uh, we have a women's basketball press conference coming up in, in fourteen uh, minutes. Fourteen minutes. So yeah. we're we're going to book it over there. But thanks for tuning in this week, uh, Cam. You want to play us out?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Rate. Comment. Um, subscribe to the Tribune as well we always like new subscribers um, read our work at the tri- on the Tribune's website ColumbiaTribune.com um, follow us on Twitter at CJ underscore T at CJ underscore is mine at Daniel underscore M underscore Jones is Danny's um, and I guess that's that Danny cue the outro music Subscribe to Mizzou Sports Podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher.